Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Great guest and uh, friend and colleague on our show today. We're picking up in our conversation from the last episode. Welcome, Colin Lambert. So you moved to Chicago, and this is a world away different than (laughs) Austin. But you knew that going in because it's Chicago. And you had a wonderful time there, didn't you? I did. And it was it was a it was it was culture shock. It really was. I mean, I knew Chicago. I'd heard about it. I'd watched the Cubs on TV through WGN as many uh, cable networks around the country carried the Cubs on WGN. So I had had exposure, but not like I probably would have wanted. I, I went unprepared. I mean, honestly, when I went in January of 2003 for my interview, I left Texas, which even in January was almost 75 degrees. Craig, I got there, it was five below zero and snowing. And so uh, a quick, quick reality check related to the weather. And then of course, the culture just very different. I mean, these are hardy people, but they're also in many ways, very isolated. I mean, for six months of the year, you can hardly come out of your house in Texas. Everybody knows their neighbors. You have, you know, parties out in the yard, you know who everybody is. You take uh, cakes over to the neighbor when they have a baby or something like that. That was just totally out of the ordinary there. I remember my wife taking uh, some some goods over to our neighbors when they had just had a baby and the people said, what are you doing? What's, what's this for? I mean, they didn't even understand the concept of of that neighborly interaction. And I know that was hard on my wife as we moved there. And then of course the kids having to adjust to new schools and new, uh, new, uh, new groups of kids. And uh, we moved three times while we were there. We started in Northwest Indiana and Portage. We moved to uh, near Wheaton, Illinois. We lived in Lombard. And then in the final years, uh, 45 miles West of downtown uh, living in Aurora, Illinois, which is the second largest city in Illinois and spending time there. So Uh, Through the years, learned a lot, learned to love that city like no other, other than my hometown of Austin, Texas, still very involved with Moody and still going back three times a year, usually to help with um, fundraising and work there. And I still do work with them on a daily basis, but I, um, God used that time at Moody to do a lot of things in my life. He, he refocused my, my, my mind from more Christian political activism to more Christian biblical engagement. Uh, He refocused my heart for people. Uh, You know, honestly, in Texas, where I grew up, I was not around a lot of African-American people, quite a few Hispanic people, very few African-Americans. I had one African-American friend as a child, but there were few in our church. There were few that I grew up around. Certainly getting into Chicago, I was surrounded by African-American folks and boy became the best friends with some of those like Roy Patterson and and others at, at Moody Bible Institute and people that I hired ultimately to host programs and represent the African American community. Uh, so much I learned from uh, moving there, so much I gained in hearing a different perspective and different perspectives related to the cultures. 
Uh, as you well know, Craig, Chicago, very much like, like New York, is a melting pot. There are people from all over the world. There's Chinatown, there's Polish town, there's uh, you know, the African-American parts of town, there's the little village of Mexico uh, and, and uh, Latino uh, groups that participate. So um, it's, a, it's an incredibly diverse culture. I learned so much about that and just a love for the body of Christ like maybe I had never had before. That, that's wonderful. I will also tell you from my experiences in Chicago, you can get some of the best Greek food you could ever yes. imagine outside of Athens. That's yeah. for sure. And yeah. uh, have enjoyed that a, a couple of times. Also, the thing about Chicago is they are, they like you said, I think you said it, very hearty people in the sense of they realize that that uh, six months a year, it's going to be cold and yeah. uh, and the wind comes along. And I'll tell you this, they love their sports like I, I, oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of a town other than Philadelphia, maybe that love uh, their, their sports more than Chicagoans do. Well, I was there for a number of, of championships. I was there when the Cubs uh, won. I was there when, um, you know, the, the uh, Blackhawks won a couple of cups. I was there. Uh, I wasn't there for the bears. They're still struggling, but uh you know, otherwise I was there for the Bulls, you know, that all of that happened and it is a huge sports town. I got to be part of a couple of the parades and, and enjoyed that. That's always fun. And in a big city, it's just so different from a, a smaller city or, or certainly uh, life in the country. But uh, um, Chicago was a great town and I loved every moment. One of the benefits, I think, of my time there was pretty much I lived in the suburbs or at times even out in the country almost, I mean, literally against the cornfields in my last place I lived, but I worked downtown. I mean, I worked at Chicago and LaSalle. That was my location, downtown Chicago and the Gold to Coast. So I walked all over downtown when I was eating or having meetings and loved that piece, but I loved also being able to retreat to uh, the the lesser busy areas of the, of the Chicagoland area in the afternoons and evenings. I was able to read uh, a very good book uh, on D.L. Moody and what an incredible one. I mean, you want to talk about one of a kind evangelists. Um, God made one in D.L. Moody and he didn't make any others. Uh, very unique man. And that Bible college has had a reach for, oh gosh, oh, it's, I know it's over a century. And 132 I, or 33 years now. And I don't think that people realize that the first um, a Christian college that did what we would now call online, but back then it was all done by the post office, was Moody Bible Institute. You could be a minister somewhere else in the world or America, and it was all done by correspondence courses. And um, Moody Bible was very strong at that. And then later on, and I was very fortunate to be an, um, a course creator with James Spencer and, uh, and Kevin Mahaffey uh, for Moody Distance Learning, which is the online part of Moody, which is about as big or maybe even bigger than the on-campus uh, number of students and has quite uh, a group of students of many ages from all over the world that learn uh, Bible theology, ministry, and it's called MDL, Moody Distance Learning. What a great, great group. And the college is still right where it is after 130 years, isn't it? 
It is. It's right there, uh, like I said, in the heart of the Gold Coast, uh, Chicago and LaSalle, uh, about 26 acres. And, uh, um, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see uh, right there in the heart. And if you go to one corner of the courtyard, you'll see just a small plaque that says it was on this place where D.L. Moody uh, knelt down and prayed that the Lord would provide the space and ability for him to create a training school uh, really not for leaders per se, though many leaders have been created from there, but for the layman. Uh, that really was, in fact, Moody Publishing started, they used to call it Moody uh, Cold Portage, I think, and they would take uh, uh, sermons and they would take literature out in this carriage, horse-drawn carriage through the streets of, of Chicago, and they would hand free things out to people so that they could learn what the Bible said about different topics. That's how interested he was, how concerned he was about making sure everybody had an opportunity to learn uh, the scripture. He was one of the first Bible schools, I believe, in the country uh, to incorporate women yes. and women engaged. Of course, Emma Dreyer was a huge influence on his life. If you ever read through D.L. Moody's life that led him to start the school, uh, but but one of the first programs in the nation uh, uh, theologically that allowed women and and welcomed women to be a part of that process. If uh, our listeners want to dig a little deeper into Dio Moody's life, you will also find that he went back to uh, Massachusetts to his hometown, and he started two schools there. One was for um, what we would call poor or working poor women uh, that he, he created and also a, another school there. And he also was part of a school in Scotland, uh, maybe not with, with uh, you know, the innovator of it, but it's up on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. So he was part of four different schools and he saw that as replicating the, the ripple effect of his ministry that it would last and go on long after he was gone. And the effect is there. Incredible, incredible yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, he called it the work. Uh, that's, that's the, the term that he used. Engaging creative conversation with Colin Lambert. Join us again. We'll see you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.